0: What's up, you quarantine boppers you quarantine-age dirtbags, you quarantine-age ninja turtles. From the quarantine, this is Anthony Frieda, this is Badum Biz. those jokes. Buzz your girlfriend, Woof. Yeah, Woof indeed, sorry about that. In this episode, I go through my origin story, not like Batman or Spider-Man or anything, but, you know, how I fell in love with the drums when I was a kid, and what made me pursue being a musician. Big shout outs to Rich Aveo. Rich Aveo uh, created the music, this theme music you're listening to. I recorded the drums, sent him the drum track, Uh, then he recorded all this music on top of it. It's fantastic. I couldn't be happier. He did it in like 20 minutes too and sent it to me. He's amazing. Actually, he and his wife, Kat, Kat London, uh, she's also a musician. Yeah, they were on the podcast uh, weeks ago, so I can't wait to can't wait to uh, release that episode. And uh, last shout out is to Lawrence Haber for last week's episode. It was fantastic having him on. There's plenty more with him too, so you're gonna definitely hear more. Uh, and uh, yeah, anyway, I hope you all enjoy this episode. Stay safe. Badaum! All right, so I was just thinking before about. Um, I was thinking about my early years of like getting interested in drums and stuff. <clears throat> so I think, I think I can identify when, how old I was when, when I like started to really feel like a love for, for the, for the drums. Um, Probably it was like eight or nine. I think it was like nine, eight. Yeah. Eight or nine, yeah. Because uh, I remember... So, I, you know, I remember... Probably even younger, to be honest. I remember every time I would see some, the drums in a, you know, in a um, movie or a TV show. I remember watching I Love Lucy, for instance. And, uh, you know, Ricky used to, um, you know, he used to play the congas, uh, but, you know, drum set too. Um, but I, I remember this particular episode when... They had, cause they had little Ricky, uh, that was their son and little Ricky, uh, sat on a drum on down at the drums and, and played a drum solo and it was good. Or at least I remember it being like, it sounding really cool and impressive and look, you know, and, and he was a kid. He was probably like, man, he probably was like six years old or something like that. And, and just ripping it. And that was, I remember that being like, oh man, I would love to just hit the drums. You know what I mean? Every time I saw drums, I wanted it. I wanted to hit them. Uh, yeah, I just love the sound. I remember. Let's see. I'm trying to think of. Like I remember listening, even listening to to music. And just loving the uh, loving the drums. Um, certain tracks stick out in my mind. I guess. Um, like I, I remember the first time I heard. I remember the first time I heard a Nirvana song, and I remember like just identifying with the drums oh that's that song with the awesome drums like the you know i had no idea for years you know smells like teen spirit i think that's what it was i had no idea for years who neuron i didn't care really that much but i knew like the song oh i like that song um i mean this is you know this is back in like the mtv days man this is like vh1 mtv the box if you lived if you lived in north jersey you knew about the box um, music video station. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of in like when I was like between the ages of one and five or one and six years old, I'm trying to think of other things because I'm getting to my main point, which is, which is what really, really romanticized playing the drums and in a really cool way and in a realistic way in terms of like, entertainment like a movie or a tv show um i uh you know i can't because i can't think of any more so all right so this movie came out when i was a kid called that thing you do came out in probably like 96 or 97 something like somewhere along those lines tom hanks was like the uh like the band manager it's about a it was about a band but really it was about a drummer it was about the main character was a drummer and you know part of his family business and whatever is in the 60s i think that was a time period was in the 60s yeah and then uh but he was a good drummer was into jazz then like they you know local band and their drummer broke his arm and then they needed to ask the main character you know hey you can play our songs and they were just he was bored by them basically like hey whatever i you know i don't perform that much so and like he hadn't performed in a long time so he was nervous at the performance and he 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 um oh man i'm i'm, I'm, I'm smiling cuz i love i just love this scene so much uh they're at the the it's like it's like the uh talent show battle of the bands whatever it was and this is during the times in the 60s where people wanted to hear rock and roll but they were hearing more folk let's say and and just, you know, music that that wasn't really like, we'll say, charged, like sexually charged, you know, it had that a little bit of that angst, you know what I mean, to it that that rock rock and roll is known for, so Beatles era stuff, like early Beatles era stuff, you know, so uh, anyway, so he's he's supposed to the song was supposed to sound like. You know and it was kind of like a love song like singer songwriter thing it's like uh and then he he winds up like and they're like they started <laughs> and, and they're like the look on their faces are like what the fuck like to, you play it, And then they're going, you play it too fast. And he's just in the zone. Like, he's just in the zone. It doesn't even matter. We're going, you know, and he's just doing... K-k-k-k-k. And then they, like, start playing their chords and start, like... You, it was cool how they, they recorded it because it made it sound like they're good enough musicians, but they definitely were startled by that. Like, there's a little bit of, like, oh... And then when he, he hit the first note and then, like, the the, uh, the second chord was like just a hair bit like uh, i I wasn't ready for okay, but here we are, okay, and then they 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 sunk sunk in after like two measures, I think maybe three measures or something like that and 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 then he started the singer started singing again, it was like a little delayed and a little like he didn't expect to even be singing that fast, kind of thing It was very good how they did it, very good, and then they just started playing through the song, and it's fucking awesome. The whole crowd in the the uh in the fucking in the in the battle of the bands were like not dancing. They were kind of just like off to the side and just like schmoozing with each other, but they wanted to dance because the music was like lame. That was that was the kind of the vibe. Um so when they started playing, the whole crowd just went to the front and just started dancing. It was really cool. The cinematography of the whole thing was awesome. Uh what wound up happening was, like, because it's funny in the song that is my favorite performance. Now, you got to keep in mind this is they're actors. You know what I mean. So it's like they trained them to so to, they train them to look like they're playing. How about that? that's what you have to do in a movie because everything is going to be dubbed. Everything is going to be recorded. um, Unless they're try unless they're showing like, and they're, they're, you know, recording like um, just them practicing a tune in the, in the green room or something like that before the show and whatever, you know what I mean? They, they did a little bit of that, but, but, but they made it, they trained them so that they can look like they're playing what the music sounds like. That, and, In the best, in the best way. Like, I remember being a kid and thinking, no, he's, he's playing that though. Like, I didn't think about recording and how they did, how they captured, you know, um, sounds, you know, how, how you record drums and then, and then put it together with the recorded, you know, guitar sound and recorded bass and voice. I didn't understand that concept took me a long time to understand that concept i wouldn't be doing this if i didn't understand that concept now i wouldn't be i wouldn't be able to do this i'm honestly have eight mics set up most of them are on my drums you know what i mean uh so anyway okay so oh my god i smoked some weed right before i did this so i'm really like my my thoughts are as open as my god um so I might go on some tangents and then and then and then get lost and <laughs> not not know where I came from uh so yes, so I was talking the reason why did I go into the okay, oh okay, that's right, sorry, so um, they did such a good job in making these actors look like they were playing that i I remember going like, no, nah, but he's playing that um. So, uh, all right. So anyway, they're they're at the Battle of the Bands and and they finished the song. And at the end of the, by the end of the song, like the guitarist and the bassist were liking it. Like they were into it. They were like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Like, good job, man. You know, like, and then, but the singer was, was still like, um, bitter about it and, and thought it was a mistake, um. Cause it was his song that he wrote, you know, and he was like the fucking, he was like the artsy fartsy kind of like pretentious artist and he and they just like the play. Um, so anyway, I'm not going to, it'd be, how funny would it be if this, if this podcast were just me like talking, if I had one more hit of weed, I would be talking about, I would be giving you the, the entire, just talking through the, the entire movie. You know what I mean? I just go through the whole thing. And then Tom Hanks, you know. Um, I recommend anybody watch that movie because um that movie made made me want to play drums. Like that movie really made me love the drums. I remember like this the so the song. Um a lot of people can identify this song because they saw that movie long you know, in when it came out or whatever, but it's not one of those movies that I, I will say even even with uh, among musicians I, I don't I don't find that that movie is like one that that gets talked about you know for that like i I'm more likely to hear whiplash um you know somebody mentioned ref and reference whiplash you know me being a drummer and that that's a movie about a drummer you know uh than anything else maybe like maybe you know people talk about um what's that movie from the eighties um or was it the nineties? Um, about the metal bands, of funny ones uh, ah, shit, I should know this because I did see it a long time ago. I remember, I'll think of it. So anyway, um, this is the, the intro to the song and that thing you do is what, you know, you know, (laughs) I just, I got, I got excited because I heard that. Oh my God, it's so good! Um, so I remember, like, I remember watching the movie and listening to the drums and and seeing him do that and going, "Wait a minute, what's he doing?" And I, and I remember going, "Okay, his foot's on the bass drum. Uh, his foot's on that drum down there. That's the the low sound. Okay, so." And I remember working out like, mm, not, uh, he's doing that with his hands. Okay, and no joke, we had one of those like TV tray tables um, back then in the '90s. Oh man. And I remember we were watching that as a family, you know, and we maybe ordered Chinese food or something, and I had chopsticks and I was drumming. It was so awesome, it was so cool! I was drumming on the on the TV table. Oh man, good times. Um, but I remember being able to figure that out, you know, and I couldn't wait till I saw or played a drum set um, to be able to you know try it out or whatever. And then I, and then I remember um, I, you know. So, you know, you have like, you know, you have childhood friends, you know, we had, we had neighbors, um, these two girls, uh, I went to school with. So me and my sister were, were friendly with them and we would go hang, you know, they'd come over, we'd go over there, you know, we'd go swimming in the summer and, you know, playing in the snow in the winter, you know, play video games, watch TV. I think my sister, would. you know, you know how girls are, it's cool no no big deal but they would they would you know dance to their favorite pop songs you know the boys well the boy i was the only boy i would just go play with action figures and bet, you know wow yeah they're dancing ah, it's not batman <laughs> it's not it's not power rangers so i don't like it girl stuff oh god um so uh they bought a drum set i remember i don't know if i think we would watch it together that that movie I think I, I think I might've gotten them into, like they, they were into it, but their parents decided to buy them a drum set. Now it was one of those kid drum sets. Like, you know, one you would see in Toys R Us, but still made noise. I remember going over the house being so excited and being like, can I, can I drum on it? And they're like, yeah. And I remember, Hey, do you remember that, remember that thing you do? And then I did the, I didn't even pick up the sticks for that because I don't feel like playing it, but. But yeah, and then that was you know, and then I taught them how to do that, and then they were doing it, and that's really all we could play, to be honest with you. I tried like playing by ear, maybe another song I was into, but oh man, that was good times. That was good times. Um, I recommend watch that movie. That's a fantastic movie for musicians and for just entertaining reasons. Um, man, now something I, I wanted to talk to, talk about on this podcast also is like, what what do I love about hearing drums? Like that was see, obviously seeing drums, but what, what do I like about this? Just the sound, you know what I mean? Um, what, what really like still fires me up? Like when I was a kid in there, that that kind of like excitement that I get when I hear really just good drums. Um, and I'm trying to think, I, you know, in that in that movie, the drums were powerful. They're very commanding. Um, the, the drummer looked confident, but even the sound of the drums—it sounded like it's hard. It's hard to to to, to talk about because I've never really thought about it. You know, I think there's a certain ener- well, a certain energy. To that, so to how the drummers, the drums are recorded on that song, and that energy is a similar energy, similar energy to Dave Grohl playing the intro to "Smells Like Teen Spirit," which is essentially this. I mean, that's terrible, but and then it's like, I mean, just like really, really. High energy sound, great sound. You know, there's an energy to it, there's like an angst to it. Um, I just took a sip of seltzer, that might have been the most gross thing that I could have just done, but I, 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 I'm sorry. Um, yeah, there's something about there's something about um. Even the drums that I used to, you know, I used to listen to Blink One Eighty Two a lot. I think when I, during that time when I was listening to them, I think uh, that album Enema, Enema of the State, so funny, came out. Um, because I I remember this, what got me into them was that song "What's My Age Again," um, all the small things, you know, and Adam's song, and that whole album was awesome. I'll be honest with you, I I still. And blown away by that album, like the drums on it, just is incredible. But the songs are kind of cool too. You know, they're fun. They're angsty, a lot, very angsty. But there's something with the en- energy that the way that Travis Barker played with Dave Grohl played with, and then what seemed to be the the actor on, in that movie, that thing you do, which I found out later on, he was he was trained to play by Billy Ward uh who was one of my favorite drummers. Um he's played with a lot of people, recorded on a lot of stuff. And he's just a cool guy, man. I I recommend look up Billy Ward. He's a funny dude. Uh too that's another thing. Uh has a lot of great things to say about the art form, man, just like about drums very fun he's very funny very funny way of talking talking about things, but makes great points he changed my i mean i think he changed my drumming for sure when I got his d v d and whatever that was I was a teenager i think It was like so so good to watch him play such good really good um thought process in terms of like setup and whatever anyway um I don't know if he recorded those drums. I think he, I mean, I think he did, but who knows, you know what I mean? But whatever the drummer from who, whoever drums did the drums on that thing, you do, you know, the recorded drums. I mean, there, there there's this fire and energy to it. And I could say the same. I can, man, I could say the same about, about, um, like I remember the Goo Goo dolls. I remember when that, but song slide came out. Um, like, the drums on that one are really good. Like, he, that drummer... I, I re, Yeah, I remember being like, I like the way he plays. Yeah, I remember that. Had that energy, that fire, that angst. Now, there was something about the way that the drums sounded, and it was... Like, I... I. How about this? I recognized that it was played well. You know. And and I I didn't know like the counting system that well at all really then. You know I didn't understand how to read music really at all that well. Um. I'm. I might have, may have been doing, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. You know, and that's where I left off, and maybe flams. Maybe, maybe like whatever, some sight reading, but simple stuff. And, uh, but for some reason, I just, I just knew, I just knew that the, from the way it was played, that it was accurate or whatever, like what, what the word I would use now is like, it's accurate and it's the way it's supposed to be done. It sounds professional, um. It's it's funny how that's a thread through all of these these examples, and I have plenty more. Um, I mean, if I keep going in terms of drums that I that really like, okay, I recognized, and I remember hating. I remember like not wanting to admit it then, but I recognized when I was that age, like again nine. we're We're talking about the same. Things the things I'm mentioning are within the same like two or three year time, which which is maybe like ninety seven to two thousand, or maybe ninety six to two to to ninety nine, or something like that. Where th- these things are, ref- I'm referencing. So like, are from that time. And I guess an, another example of this is, and it was hard for me to it was hard for me to uh, to admit this then, but the drums on both. Backstreet Boys songs and NSYNC songs, I felt them and secretly liked them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, I was a boy, like nine to ten or eight to nine to ten or whatever years old. You know what I mean? And so all the girls are into that shit. You know what I mean? I, I remember talking to a buddy who's maybe like three years younger than me. And which is not a big deal. What, whatever, you, whatever. we're the same age. That's how I think of it. Like, oh, cool, we're still the same age, pretty much. Um, but I, I do, I, I remember, like, the boys being like, ew, shut up, they suck, who cares, you know. And the girls being into the Backstreet Boys and got totally gaga over, you know, them and NSYNC and whatever. But my buddy was telling me when he during that time when he you know, he's three years younger than me, so he was like, man, maybe he was like five years old, you know, five, six years old. He said that he remembers being really into everybody was into to that music. Like even even the boys. He remembers going to uh Backstreet Boys like a Backstreet Boy concert. He and he and he loved it. But it didn't have to do with any of that the the like not like he had a crush you know it's not like the boys had a crush he, he kind of talked about it it's like we were just all young and we were we even started looking at liking girls or liking boys yet it was just music and i guess because you know they had like man that was during that time there's a lot of like i remember like the disney channel was quite happening then <laughs> like they had a lot of musical performances and shit you know so I'm sure that they were on that and whatever connected to that, and somehow I'm I'm sure there's something about the marketing during that time, and and maybe maybe yeah, maybe they were marketing it to young kids, and I just happened to be part of the age group of boys that wouldn't have liked it, you know. Anyway, I recognize now though. I I mean I have no problem admitting now like I still could listen to millennium uh, like a bunch of those songs backstreet boys M- millennium I mean I honestly think that songs like I want it that way everybody um what else by them at least one more by them I'm trying I'm trying to think uh oh I like that song um Quit playing games with my heart. I, I think that's that beat is awesome in that song. Um, I remember like being in the car, and with my with my dad, in his Ford Explorer. And, um, I remember my sister and my mom were maybe in a store, and me and my dad were just waiting in the car, and he had the. Uh, I don't know if he had a CD in or a tape or something. I think my sister wanted to listen to it because she was into the, the Backstreet Boys. But anyway, that song was on. Quit Playing Games With My Heart. And I remember my dad, like, I remember him tapping to the beat because it was it was one of those things where it's like, it's a good beat and you can't deny it. You know what I mean? I think the beat might have been like something like, here, let me try to recreate it. It was like something like a Quit playing games in something like that, something along those lines. Really cool guitar, you know, acoustic guitar thing going on. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember he was tapping, and then I started tapping. We were tapping on the uh, on the the two and the four, you know, and I remember that's another, yeah, I remember that I was more accurate than he was. My dad doesn't have as good of rhythm as most folks. Coordinated dude, funny how he's he's so coordinated. Guy can build you a deck like in, in your backyard. Just give him like 10 days. You know what I mean? Because that's what he did when I was a kid. Um. So yeah. Anyway, not to t- not to not the not, not to roast him, but not not as much rhythm as as me. <laughs> and I remember like I w- I never made fun of him. But I never said anything to him about it. But I, I do remember though, like, oh, Dad's missing some of those beats. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Oh man, that's funny to think about. Um so I remember being yeah, I remember being you know, anyway, to be able to identify uh really good sounding drums. I remember in um I think it was all the small things. There's a part um in the song in the bridge, it's like it's just like <laughs> Like there's no lyrics or anything. There's just like this kind of build up thing. Eventually he it, it becomes he um Travis plays this on the snare drum, you know, it's like and then he like goes into the say right so you know, whatever the last chorus. I remember that I remember playing, uh, tapping out this, maybe, I don't even know if I had sticks or not, but I remember tapping out. And I remember going, that's not the same thing though. That's not this. Whatever it was. Um, I remember going, yeah, like there's, it's like, he's hitting, I remember he's hitting the first one harder. Like, and I remember having to practice, like, how do I There's the movement of the stick. How do I get that one note louder? And then the next note that, because it's right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. I remember the next note, like, how do I get that to be softer? You know, and I just remember practicing it for for a long time and then being able to do. I remember being in school. I remember this, being in school. I remember sitting next to some some girl who knew what I was doing, like, because we listened to the same music, I guess. And I was like, hey, I, you know, like 12, 11, 12 years old, probably 11 years old. And, going, and I was like, hey, I figured this out. You know that song? And she's like, yeah, that's so cool. And it was. And I'm doing that on my desk. And after about a minute or two of that, because it wasn't too quiet, it was loud enough. And I remember we were hanging out in class for whatever reason, like we were waiting for something, maybe waiting for the rest of the class, because it wasn't like I was doing it in the middle of class and just not paying attention or anything. The teacher was, like, maybe taking attendance or something. I don't know. Something like that. I'm doing this. And the teacher just goes, stop tapping. (laughs) Just fucking fucking loses her mind on me. I mean, I get it. There are better ways. That that was a more teachable moment. There's a better way, but whatever. Who knows what people go through and they're fucking, Nah, you know what? Fuck that. She's a little bitchy about it. Come on now. I'm just a kid. She'd go, That's really cool. That sounds cool. You know, because I was trying to achieve something, you know. Um, It wasn't like I was just, you know, being obnoxious about it. I was like, You know what? Yeah, that's right. I was making music, man. I was making music. Yeah, because if I saw a kid do that, I'd be like, Hey, that sounds cool. That's actually really cool. Good job. Can you make it? Can you do a little quieter, though? Thanks. You know, that's how I would have done it. Anyway, see, there's the, that's the teacher in me right there. Boom. That's why I get paid. Notice how I didn't say the big bucks. That's why I get paid. Um, so that that sound uh, is why I liked the drums to Limp Bizkit songs. You know, as funny as that is to say, you know, because like, that, that band is a little ridiculous. Back then, they were they were big back then. Um, they were angsty, and that's why the boys liked them. Um, but the drummer, John Otto, was really good. I don't care what anybody says. Good drummer. Those are good drums on those tracks. I think that's why the first Foo Fighters song I ever heard was um, their first single release from uh, the third record. What was it? There's Nothing Left to Lose is the record. And it was learned to fly was a single, great, t- great drums on that song, you know, whatever it was, great drums on that. And I remember loving that song. I remember I didn't even care that their name was foo- like who were the, for the Foo the Foo Fighters. I didn't care about the name. Again, I was into the song. Then I then eventually I realized you gotta you got to pay more attention to the name dude or else you're not going to be able to find the song or or cuz i remember like wanting to buy music what a concept uh i remember wanting to buy like tape uh cassette tapes and then a cd and you know eventually um uh, i remember when i got a cd player it was like the the biggest deal cuz it was it was like shit i'm like this is like how, I remember, it's like, if you, all right, if you got your own Game Boy, which I did have, I had my my sister and I had the old uh, green screen game, game Boy. I remember having my own one, right? And um, I think, yeah, yeah, I had my own one. And, um, but I remember like getting my own CD player and radio thing, boombox thing. Man, boomboxes, that's, what a throwback. Those things were awesome. So I remember get finally getting my one of my own ones at one of those um and being like that was a that was a a measurement of I am getting older this is and this is like I'm growing like this is is a it's a defining thing to get your own music player in some way you know at that age during that time because it's like you're 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 making decisions about who you are in in a way you're you're being independent um, it's kind of cool because I remember the cool feeling to get, to get it was like a proud like I have my own thing this is so cool and then then from there you just have you, you grow your your music collection um, so I yeah I had Blink-182 like Biscuit I remember being into Corn, and I had maybe two two CDs from them two records from them um, I remember being into The Offspring definitely was into The Offspring yeah I remember um I <laughs> remember I remember the angst is I think what what, I think that the angst is what kinda reeled me in was that pretty flyer for a white guy song and the video to it. Yeah, I think that's what attracted me to that to that band. Um excuse me, I got a cough. <coughs> um <clears throat> ooh. Uh, he- Um so' trying to think of um one more song or or artist um that the drums like just reeled me in um i mean i I remember hip hop certain hip hop songs or r and b songs like i remember i didn't li- i just didn't identify. I still didn't identify with, with with those with that music. There was nothing I guess I was more of the angsty kid. So, you know, it makes sense that Limp Bizkit and blink Two Corn. Um, you know, um The Offspring. I think I was into like Sum forty one at a certain point and you know, Lincoln Park. You know, like it makes sense why I went to that P O D, why I went to that music. It was angsty. I wasn't trying to be cool. I actually didn't want to go with what was cool because I just didn't feel, you know, sometimes you don't feel like what's popular. You know what I mean? Not, not that it's, it's not, it's not a statement. I'm like, well, you're not that because you're, you're not worthy of being that, but it was like, yeah, but it's, I don't even care about the worthiness of it. I, I'm not that. I don't want to be that. You know what I mean? I I look at that and I go, oh, man, you're just, you know, you're just copying somebody, I guess. Which eventually I was copying in my style, the way I dressed, you know, whatever. Eventually I was copying somebody or maybe not. I don't even know. Maybe it was a mixture, you know. Um, But anyway, I would see some, especially when I would see somebody like the trend would change and then they would look totally different because they just started wearing it like a new, completely new look within like three years. And I remember thinking to myself, that's silly. You know what I mean? But, but, you know, I remember also feeling like the only one reacting that way, which is that's so fucking silly. Like you just totally now, you, oh, now, you, now we have to accept you, a, you. Now you talk and dress and act like this. And, and we're supposed to just, because you did talk and dress like that they couldn't be more opposite so what we're just all supposed to just pretend with you i remember that i remember that yeah isn't it funny how i started talking about drums and and it led to this yeah this this kind of like topic of adolescence or whatever pre-pubescent puberty area whatever puberty uh years of your life you know what i mean whatever i mean it's a it's a weird it's a weird confusing like time during during that time. But you know some shit gets gets decided you know during that. Some very uh some ideas get into your head that could either stay with you or you know, stay for a while and then you work them out and whatever and then you rid them from your life or they never go away. Um yeah, it's cool. This is where we ended up. So feelings and emotions and shit. But I began technically with feelings and emotions about the instrument that I've chosen to play. So, I think I wanted to bring that up because this instrument uh the dr- playing the drums is is to commit to playing to the, playing the drums is a swallow of commitment. Like it's almost hard to get down. Like it's like one of those pills that are just Are you kidding me? Um those large pills, like, man, um, because, you know, you don't just have to, like, buy instruments. You don't just have to, you know, have a place to, to, to put and play the drums. You don't just have to buy sticks and possibly an instruction book or even get lessons, you know you have to be able to listen to music some which means you need to, to get somehow get music, listen to it. You gotta have like, there's so many appendages to it. Right. And obviously I, you know, what I'm saying is not that different than any other instrument other than the size of the drums and storing them. Yeah. You can't be in an apartment playing drums, man. Um, it has to be a very specific situation to get away with it. Honestly. Um, which is what I'm in right now, actually. I got really lucky. Um, But to work as a drummer is tough. Um, There's so many ways to do it. But none of them are uh, the correct way. You know what I mean? You have to make it your own way is the correct way. Uh, Nobody could really give you a path to to follow, because, you know, thankfully the instrument um, lends itself to, you know, personality and determination, character. And I say thankfully because when, when you, if you know who Buddy Rich is and you're a drummer, you know, you know, you know that that, that dude had a, you know, a high level of skill, but he also was a character. You know, if you know anything about him and you've ever heard stories about him, you know, that dude, that dude was a serious dude, man. And he didn't take things lightly. You know, Uh, he had a little bit of an aggression to him. You know, you hear it in his playing. He had a high standard, he had a hell of a of a fiery rage of an energy. One of he's one of those drummers that when you hear him play us, take a solo, for instance, you actually have to shut up and listen. Because you're gonna learn something. You're gonna witness something. I'll say it. Historical to the to the the paradigm of of the drum set. Yeah, historical for sure. Um and you see him do and, and you know it's funny, even when you see him older, like like before he died, you still you even more want to watch it because you'll still learn something. And it's still a piece of history, without a doubt. Um Yeah, nobody no I've never seen anybody play like him to this day. Um he he's one of those drummers that You feel like after he did his solo, like you watch him play his solo, and he's just shredding, man, and he's cooking. He's cooking so hard and playing so well and precise and with such a fiery energy that you almost feel like you can't touch the drums because they're too hot, like you could fry an egg on, on the drums, and i know that's kind of joking but at the same time it feels that real what i just said it feels like a reality like i wouldn't be able to touch those sticks like they would have burn marks on them and this is metaphorically and physically cuz like he's moving so fast but metaphorically you know because the content in which he's playing too in terms of musically and and the accuracy of it is is it's on a level that clearly runs on a high amount of fuel or something or that's like, it's like another technology. It's like he has another technology. It's like he evolved as a human, you know, that that's where he took it. And I think, I think for as drummers, you know, he he set a standard that I don't know if anybody's been able quite in the way, in the way that he has, but he set a standard. I don't think anybody um, could reach. Which is, that's a legend. That's a legend right there. You know what I mean? Um, But he was able to do it in such a way, though, that he straddles the line between musical and technical. And he dances on that line. In fact, that line is a wire between two buildings, and he's just dancing across those two buildings on that wire. He'll make it look like he's going to fall, and he just meant to do it, and he grabs the wire with his hand and then, pulls himself back up like fucking Spider-Man. Um, anyway, I went on a long tangent about Buddy Rich because why did I, oh, why did I, why did I come here? It's talking about being a drummer. Okay, personality, that's right, and character. So the personality and character, without a doubt, Buddy Rich has that. John Bonham, definitely without a fucking doubt, has that. Go, just go listen to Zeppelin 4. Zeppelin 1 through 4 is really all you need to... I mean, you really should listen just to Zeppelin 1 is really all you need to listen to. But it is cool to hear his evolution too, uh, just from those four albums. And then it gets... you know, obviously he gets even better But after that. But those four albums... Wow, man. Set a standard that nobody can reach. Um, okay, character. Um... I'm going to say Steve Jordan. I always think of him because he has such a sound I could, that you can identify with, but also w- while being a chameleon. Meaning he's a chameleon to the... To the um, he could be a chameleon in terms of what the music should sound like in terms of serving the the, the song as a drummer, but also have such a, a finesse of character, an essence of, of character on that same beat that he's playing, whatever he's playing, uh, that you know it's him. It's wild. That's hard. That's fucking hard to do. Which means you need to know music more than you know. Then. You need to know music. You need to be a better musician than than a drummer. And that's why he's a fantastic, he's a great drummer in, in like a, a regard of that nobody can touch him. That's why he was one of the, he's one of the most recorded drummers, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, let's take of one more guy, or gal. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll speaking of gals, man, Annika, Annika Niles or Niles. I don't, I don't know where she's from, but she's fucking fantastic. She's a hard worker she She plays patterns that I would have to sit down and, and like work out. Very consistently she puts out content online of videos of her practicing something that it would I'd have to sit down for a, a while to figure out even how to put it together and then obviously a lot of practice until I was able to do it in time half as well as her and the the consistency yeah and she has a character like i you, I can kind of identify her sound I think um and i'll let me say one more person that's just absolutely sticks out. Um, I would say Carter McLean. I think because I don't know that guy. I mean, this is in terms of character. I'm not even really talking about angst anymore. But I told I told this story a lot, but it's a great. I think it's a great story. Um, to to make a point, and here's the point is that. All right, well, I'll say the story because it's like the point is like a punchline a little bit, but basically I was at a, what concert? I was seeing um, Snarky Puppy. Speaking of good, great drummers, but I went to go see Snarky Puppy, me and and um, whoever I went with at the time. Um, we got there like kind of, in the last, we meant to get there right before they went on basically. So we kind of missed the first, the opening band or whatever. But we walk in as they're playing, they're playing some like slow, funky, like kind of a little bluesy shit. And and you can hear that they're just kind of improvising, but it was like, you know, and so anyway, I didn't recognize the sound as any, any, like I didn't recognize the songs. I was no vocalist. Um, but it was good. And I'm listening to the drums I'm thinking, man, these drums, are, these drums are really good. Now, in this time, I had been like getting into the Instagram drum community and like following a bunch of different really good drummers that I'd never heard of, uh, which was awesome the last couple years has been so awesome to see like i have so many new favorite drummers now and uh i'm seeing a lot of cool shit man a lot i'm very inspired all the time every day so he this guy who's playing drums basically uh basically I'm, i'm thinking i think i think i know who this drummer is based on what he's playing and how he's playing and I'm thinking, you know what? I could be crazy, but I swear to God, that's Carter McLean. And it was my girlfriend at the time, actually. Um, she was like, "Interesting. How do you know?" And then, you know, I just explained, like, I don't know. I just I hear it in the way he's playing, and in, or in the way the drummer's playing. It sounds like the way he plays. Um. And I remember the crowd like was I couldn't see the stage because we got I remember we got there like a little pretty much when everybody was all in there you know so we couldn't see the stage. Um, thankfully, it was at the end of uh, their set. It's like two songs, last two songs of their set. So I waited to the end to see if they would announce, you know. Who it was and uh, and it was okay. Then this is um, Charlie Hunter, uh, whatever trio or something. This person on this and Carter McLean on drums. And my girlfriend at the time was like, Oh my god, that's amazing! You're awesome that you could like that's amazing of you to be able to identify that. And here's the here's kind of the punchline, which is. It's, I can't take credit for the work that that guy did. That guy worked so fucking hard to be able to get to be himself on the drums that now he is a recognizable sound. Um, so I can't, it's not amazing that I did anything. It's, it's amazing that he, he can sound unique in modern day because we have so many drummers as references already um as like a sound as like you know to to find to find a nook to sit in for your own name is is nowadays as as the as the uh, it's funny cuz when you think about all right when you think about if we're talking western music think about modern western western music and i mean anything from the 50s when you started hearing like elvis or, no, you know what, that's wrong. Okay. When you started hearing jazz quartets, quintets, combo groups, to now, um, you can identify drummers, guitarists, um, bassists, if you really have a good ear, or a bass player um in jazz definitely a, a pianist uh sax trumpet you know in jazz definitely without a doubt um uh yeah uh and it's interesting that in in uh like classical music if you're not in the classical world if you're not part of that world and have an ear for it then you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't know who's first chair or whatever um so yeah it's uh that's that's the biggest compliment i can give some somebody that 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 i was able to identify it was them but not in because they play the same licks or something you know what i mean but like they have a sound the way they interact with the music um and that that that's that's where i think in in terms of going back to the the topic of being a professional drummer that's a hard place to get to what that is the goal like that is my goal right and it's hard cuz like my goal should just be well just get just be able to make a living playing the drums but the easiest or the where i la- where i ended up was was doing covers and stuff and doing weddings but i wasn't happy doing that stuff so making a living playing drums well i'm i'm actually not making a living playing drums i'm making a living teaching drums but i i don't feel my butt don't hurt like i i don't feel bad about or less than for not making a living playing the drums because i know that i could be doing it but the way that i could be doing it what's mo- what's most in reach is, is doesn't it doesn't really make me happy at all but i ha- but i haven't quite found a way to make a living in a way that i like doing it however if it's not that important i want to keep my love for the drums alive even if if even if it means don't redefining it like like okay you don't make a living but doing it but that doesn't mean it's not important you know like i don't get paid to do any of this recording stuff I have people come over and jam with me and we'll jam for like two, three hours and we'll have footage, right. And audio that I have to mix. So I have to edit together basically these videos, you know, after doing the audio, you know, going, putting it in, uh, editing software and putting it together and then sending it back to them once it's all edited and stuff. And then, uh, uploading it to social media just to share with people. It's free. It's free content, essentially. And why am I doing it? You know? The only reason why I do it is because I love it. I really do love doing it. Um, especially when it's an authentic expression. Every time, either it's me playing or I'm I'm jamming with somebody. For the most part, it's always an authentic expression. And, 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 and there's degrees of, of like, good or bad or of course I make mistakes when I play and they're audible sometimes do I care not really you know am I trying to promote myself as a drummer I mean yeah I guess if that if that okay if that's another reason for doing it sure that's a perk but it's not the first reason um so the only the only advice I can give anybody, you know, who's trying to make a living doing, you know, playing drums, um, is define and the, define what you're not willing to do. Define an area where you don't want to be, and, and an area where you want to be, idealistically. And then you got to weigh the realism of it, like how how real is that? And so and. I don't want that to be, sound harsh, but I'm, what I mainly talk about is, do you want to be a rock star? Do you want to be famous? Like, Be, re, be a little bit more real and down to earth about what you want. Because if you want to be a rock star, I mean, I don't know if rock is the, the road to be a rock star. Figuratively speaking, rock star you got to do something else th- at this point in the game. Man, you could be an inst- Instagram model and be a rock star these days. Um, define what, what, what you love about, say out loud what you love about the instrument. Why do you continue to, to play every day? Why do you continue to pay, maybe some of you pay um, like a studio space rent to play your drums? Why do you do it? What motivates you to do it? You know, what um, what gets you excited to about music in general, but also your drums. You know, identifying like even types of music, so- songs, specific songs, artists. You know, do you like recreating something, like a cover? Or or do you like creating something of your own? Do you like to create with others? And do it for love first. Learn how to support yourself by working so that you can give yourself music as as like a thing to do for therapy, love, expression, Create creativity, you know, um, because I look at it like this: if you are taking care of that, basically, if you are taking care of yourself in that way, to give yourself that, that, and it's not a hobby. Just because it doesn't consume your everyday life like a like a a job, which could be. 7 hours 8 hours of your life every day. It I think that calling it a hobby I think it's it's not the right word. There isn't a word. Passion, it's your passion, but that's a, that's wide. That's very open, but but yes, it's it's a thing that you do cuz you love it and you want it in your life, but you know, at this time in history, it's people aren't going to pay you lots and lots of lots of money to do what you want to do. So, but what you want to do takes time, commitment. It's worth it. Learn how to balance that. It makes you strong and it, and it it makes your connection to the instrument and to to that expression makes it but the bond stronger. And I and I I believe that it makes the bond and the connection to it to yourself stronger no joke like that's a way of you know people say self love i think that's a way of of self love you know giving yourself the time to uh express yourself on an, on on what you on the instrument that you've committed to you know, and play music for love reasons. I, you know, I, I don't like when I hear players. You can hear it in the way they play that they don't they they don't love it in that moment. I can't judge them for that if they're playing a cover that they don't. You know what I mean? Because that's that's essentially me. That's what that's what I was like. Um, by the end of doing weddings and, and covers, um, so I can't. Yeah, you can't judge them, but I also. And I can question, though, like, well, why are you still doing it? Um, and if it's for the money, go, you can do other things to make money. Uh, you know, if you're happy doing it and and, it's, and you find it to be fun and, and, like, the money is kind of like a perk, continue doing it. Are you kidding me? Hell yeah, continue doing it. I actually, I think that those of you out there who are doing those gigs but are miserable doing them and hate doing them but you're doing it for the money look think of it like this if you could if you could stop doing it tomorrow right and you're not guaranteed to you're not it's not like you're it's being replaced by oh you got a here here's a, a gig doing what you love exactly how you would like it that's unrealistic. But if let's say you can get something that you can tolerate, like a job to make money while you're basically supporting yourself and your passion for, for music. Um, think that you're making a very good decision for yourself. You're bringing, you're connecting yourself more with the love of music and then therefore the love of, for yourself. And also, you're giving somebody who is so starving and hungry for the gig that you have you're giving them their you're making their life so much better by by just having just just that opportunity being open you know potentially for you know whoever gets picked for sure for that you know because i know i know people that love it and and I, i i don't I don't have disrespect for them. I res- I fully respect them, and that they like it, and they they've defined that for themselves. You know, I almost somewhat like. Sometimes I think, man, that would be nice to be okay with that. You know, it would be it would be nice. It would be easier just to if I can just get my fill from doing that, covers and stuff. But I, you know, i it's hard. I don't. I've done it, and I just bur- I'm burnt out from it. You know, and that's reality. So it's better. It's better off that somebody who loves it is doing, is playing that gig. I think we need more risk takers, more bold people, bold artists. Stop trying to make a buck and stop trying to be famous, man. Is it about, ask yourself, is it about the fame and the notoriety or is it about, is it about the art? Um, do you want to create something truly meaningful to you? You know, if it's truly meaningful to you and that's all you care about, I still think that's fucking awesome. And I would, I would, I would rather have 10 of those than 10 of, you know, somebody, um, creating pop songs, whether they're good or not, I would still rather have somebody being playing what's unique to them, even if I don't like the music. Because, you know, it's like change is exciting in music culture. Change is always exciting. What's the next trend in pop culture right? It's the same thing but and specifically though, evolution is, is better I think. I want to hear the music evolve. I want to hear music evolve you know in terms of the history of music I want I want to hear the evolution. I'm very much into the evolution, the history of, of music. Um. So anyway, I think I've talked enough. Yes, you certainly did. Anyway, thank you uh, for listening you, to the episode. Sir. I keep rambling after this for a little bit and basically say nothing. So here's me uh, playing something on the drums at the end. Uh, so I hope you enjoy. It. Thanks for listening.